0: Today on Dirty Linen and Over a Glass we are doing a collaboration episode. I am so excited to be sharing the airwaves with Over a Glass host Shantae Whale. I wanted to get her on Dirty Linen to chat about the Halliday Wine Companion Awards and uh, yeah we should throw this out on Over a Glass as well. So it's one of the big days on the Australian wine calendar when the Holiday Wine Companion Awards are announced. Shantae is one of the judges so it is a thrill to get a chance to get the inside scoop shante welcome to your podcast and mine
1: (laughs) what a treat i'm so glad to be a part of it thanks
0: yeah, so good. So, tell us about these awards. What's,
1: what's the big deal? What is the big deal? Great question. Uh, look, the Halliday Wine Companion Awards is a celebration of Australian wine. It's really the recognition of Australia's top wines, the personalities behind them, and some of the best brands. Uh, it's judged by a panel of diverse tasters and, of course, the man himself, James Halliday.
0: And so what is your part in them?
1: My part is pretty small in terms of the awards night. Uh, I present a couple of awards and I'm really there just kind of cheering on and saying like, how good's Australian wine? But um, (laughs) in terms of the wine companion, my very, very privileged job is to be one of the tasters. Um, We have a panel of between eight and ten tasters that uh, are divvied up and get certain wine regions um, allocated to them and I am very lucky to be looking after the central ranges, um, some other special parts of New South Wales and also the Limestone Coast. So I get to taste through anyone that submits those wines, um, have a look at them and then give them a score out of 100. and this uh, 100 point rating then kind of allocates the wines. They're then brought back and a panel discussion around them where everyone tastes those top wines together.
0: Wow, and so does that happen throughout the year, or is there a window where you're fully on this gig and those are the wines that you're tasting?
1: Yeah, there is a bit of a window, and it, and it really depends on kind of what's happening in the wineries and when they're bottling. Um, but we kind of receive most of our wines from around about September through to probably around about January. So there is a moment where, you know, there is a little bit more room perhaps in your office space and then there is also a time where it's just walls of wine and boxes and boxes as far as the eye can see.
0: Right. And when you get to the panel stage, is that all in a room together? It is. And
1: it's like the most joyous occasion of talking through the best of the best of Australian wines. Um, It's a really – A passionate discussion because you've got people there that, you know, they're really um, entrenched in the regions. They know a lot about the people behind them, the history of the region. They're putting their best foot forward and saying, this is what the best of my region showcases and everyone's doing that. So, there's a lot of loyalty, but there's also a lot of celebration about like Just looking at the wines and going, holy crap, that's Chardonnay from your region. Wow, that's incredible. So, but sometimes it's a bit heated as well because, you know, we are often discussing, you know, the nitty gritty of what makes quality wine. So it's a really intense week um, and there's some big personalities, passionate personalities. um, And of course, there's a lot of listening and a a lot of discussion.
0: Uh, It sounds, I mean, it, it sounds fun, but also really intense. And there's a lot riding on it as well, right? Yeah. I mean,
1: I think at the end of the day, it's what looks good in the glass. So it it, 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 sometimes you've got you know the the heavy hitters of the wine industry and and you know wines upwards of, of hundreds of dollars, and then you've also got some little emerging brands. But it's all served blind. So at the end of the day, it's about what wine is really singing in the glass, and that's undeniable. So at, at the end of the day, you you can kind of you know be loyal to your regions, but you, it's hard to deny what what is actually just leaping out of the glass and saying, hey, I'm here and I am the prettiest, most delicious thing that
0: you're going to taste today. Mm, I love that. So what are some of the awards that you would love to highlight for us today, Shantae?
1: Well, I think um, one of the awards that was uh, new in this year that was kind of its inaugural year was the Hall of Fame. And that kind of came about because there were some prestigious wines that have for year after year, just win in their category. And you know, the discussion came about of like, this wine is gonna continue probably to do well, we really need to elevate it and we really need to give it a, a, a kind of a special award. So the hall of fame has come about, which is, is really exciting. And it is sent, essentially is um, the highest honor bestowed by the holiday wine companion. The inductee will kind of have won its category in the guide for five occasions or more. And this year it went to Sepeth's hundred year old para vintage Tawny 1923, which is a wine that is unparalleled Um in its class and it has won for many, many years and it means a lot to the Australian wine industry. So it was wonderful to kind of, to have this special award. Um, And it also goes to a personality in the Australian wine industry too. And this year it was Prue Henschke, who, I don't know if you've heard of her, but she's kind of a big deal in the Australian wine industry, Um, a viticulturalist, a farmer and a custodian of the land. Um, And that was a really special moment at the awards. James himself wanted to present that award. Um, He got up and spoke so warmly of Prue about her her beginnings um, in the industry, what she's done in her time. Um, It was a really heartwarming moment. There was a moment where Crew was quite overwhelmed, I think, in receiving the award, and she got up to thank. She was a little teary, and and she just kind of cuddled James. And there was this moment where I think we all just were like, you know, this is a this is a big deal, and you know, James uh, has had such an amazing, he, he has an amazing legacy, but he he knows the Australian in wine industry like nobody else and um so it meant a a lot to be for Prue to be inducted into the hall of fame but I think it meant a lot coming from James someone she's had so much to do with he actually mentioned at one stage and I was getting a bit teary-eyed at the moment but he did mention that um Prue was a top bird and I kind of thought my goodness that really says it all doesn't it because of his affection for her.
0: Love that it sounds like yeah really quite a moment I mean what about some of the more um, the recent wines that are coming through or or wines that haven't had uh, much attention in the past but they were they were really shining on the evening?
1: Yeah I think you know there's regions that we we know really well that kind of you mention their name and internationally everyone knows exactly what you're talking about. There's a lot of other regions perhaps that don't get as much um, limelight and really deserve to. So, you know, Winemaker of the Year went to Kate Goodman from Penley Estate in the Coonawarra. Um, she has been championing what Coonawarra does so well but is also at the forefront of um, perhaps new technologies and um, new practices as well. Uh, I would also say, you know, uh, Winery of the Year went to Our Vineyards in Langhorn Creek. And, and South Australia, obviously, we we know Coonawarra, we know Barossa, we know you're in the valley. Langhorn Creek has been doing wonderful things. They make a huge amount of wine that's exported, and some of the most concentrated, inky, dark, juicy wines. Um, and Belizedale Vineyards, who has a long history in Australia, has been championing great varieties from there. So, it was really great to see a winery of the year coming out of somewhere like Langhorne Creek, um, who, like I said, I feel like they have just not really had their time in the sun. And I hope to see, you know, a lot more people visiting and and uh, drinking the wines of Langhorne Creek.
0: Yeah, that's so exciting. Definitely, I guess as a consumer, that I'll definitely look out for it now. That's, yeah, really cool. I mean, does it have an impact? Does it have a flow on? do these wines instantly double in price or do people suddenly flood the cellar door? What does it mean for the winemakers?
1: Uh, I think it means a lot because really it's a recognition not only from their peers, um, but from, you know, the people that are drinking the wines and buying them. You could arguably say that To some people it means absolutely nothing. To some people, you know, those medals and those stickers on a label really doesn't mean anything to to a consumer. But I think to the people in the industry um, it is a real – recognition of their hard work their hard-working team what it takes from the ground up to you know make wine in tough vintages in the bushfire years in the flood years in the years where they lose absolutely everything and go backwards you know five paces before going forwards a pace um it, it really kind of showcases just you know what all their hard work has, has, has meant to them over the years. And, and yes, it does certainly sell wine. Um, you do see an upturn in people jumping online, trying to purchase that wine and going, Oh my gosh, let's get some before either the price goes through the roof or because before it's completely sold out. So it does mean a lot, but, um, I suppose, you know, each to their own, but uh, I certainly could see on, on the night, you know, what it did mean to the, the people standing up there. And it's just so nice to play a part in that because, you know, they've worked really hard. And so to see, see them, you know, just so excited, um, often really emotional and often celebrating with their own team. It's just so nice to witness that.
0: Yeah, incredible, Shante. I mean, look, you're a very accomplished sommelier, wine judge. Um, hell, you've got your own podcast about wine. You must, be, you must be right up there. But you haven't been doing this for, you know, decades and decades, like James Halliday and some of the, you know, pre some of the people that have been part of the Australian wine industry for, for so long. I mean, what does it mean to you to be part of um, part of this scene, part of this scenario and to be such an integral part of it? Oh,
1: it's total imposter syndrome, you know, like I definitely at one stage there was like, what am I doing here? (laughs) I know the, the tasters that, um, I'm surrounded with are the best of the best. Um, In fact, Jane Faulkner uh, in her true style actually took her shoes up on the night and got up on the podium without her shoes and I thought I literally walk in the footsteps of these strong women like Jenny Port and Jane Faulkner and I was stupidly wearing really, really, really high heels and I thought, man, if it's good enough for Jane, it's good enough for me and I took my own shoes off. So, um, But, no, it means so much to to be there, um, to be included with these names that I've always looked up to. I just use it as an opportunity to pick their brains. I'm probably incredibly annoying, but um, the wealth of knowledge um, and what they've seen in their, in their years is just um, unparalleled. And so, I, I use that time to ask a lot of questions and, and learn as much as I can from these people I've, I've
0: idolised, really. And for drinkers like me, you know, I love wine. I always love learning, but I would definitely very far from a wine scholar. What what should I think about the Australian wine industry? You know, how do awards like this show where things are at, um, you know, where progress is and and perhaps where we might be heading?
1: Well, I think it's a really good leveller because it's not like you have a look and think these are only the most expensive wines that are doing well. You know, the wine of the year – comes in around $35 to $40 retail and it beat a hell of a lot of wines that are a lot more expensive than that. So this really is about quality and not necessarily about dollar value. So I think it's a great way to look at the spectrum and go, you know, most of these wines here sit, say perhaps Bleasdale, and I can't remember the exact statistics that Philip Rich said, but it was something along the lines of they submitted 18 wines to the Companion, 15 of which were... 95 to 98 points and most of them fell within like the 20 to 50 dollar range or something along those lines so it's a great way to see what quality looks like but in a full spectrum of of you know you're thinking of your hip pocket and right now like if that's not for like at the forefront of
0: our mind, I don't know what is. Yeah, perfect. Well, Shante, so great to hear about it all from somebody who was in the room, the hallowed hall. Uh, I think we might have invented a new podcast. Can we can we call it the Dirty Glass Podcast? <laughs>
1: I really like that. And let's just talk nitty gritty and also like where the best bargains are, because that's something I'm always thinking about. I'm always like, what is the best Chardonnay I can get for like $15? It's like, that's what I think of in my household. So I reckon we should, we should be bargain hunting.
0: This is information that needs to be shared. Um, Love chatting (laughs) to you. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise and insights and we'll catch up again soon.
1: Sounds good. Lovely to chat to you, Danny, and I hope you're well. Cheers.
0: i nice.